Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans, and welcome to this Wednesday's edition of Bobcat Radio here on the 28th of September. This is your host, Kyle Owen, and today I'm joined by my producer, Joey Gonzalez, and co-hosts Colton Gibson and Presley Davis. Got a lot to cover today, starting out with the red-hot Texas State soccer team, but before we get to all that, let's throw it to Colton for a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. So, like I was saying, getting things kicked off with the Red Hot Texas State soccer team. Sunbelt Conference play is underway. Three games in, the Bobcats are 2-0-1 in Sunbelt Conference play with their most recent win over ULM last Sunday, or this past Sunday, 4-1 victory there. And an onslaught of goals by the Bobcats, who struggled the, the previous game against Georgia Southern. Had to take a, take a long trip, first Sunbelt trip. Uh, had to go to Statesboro, tied that one up. And a Southern team that um, used to ties. That's pretty much all they've done all season long. I think they have like eight of them already. Um, but uh, getting coming back to San Marcos, getting a win there against ULM. Uh, really impressive play by these girls so far this season. Yeah, I mean, this is a Texas State team who has looked red hot under Steve Holman and the Bobcats proved that once again. Um, Zoe Jr. went down in Statesboro last Thursday, so players had to step up in that one. And Matty Goss did the job of that. Um, first hat trick by by any Bobcat this season. So she was able to step up. Caitlin Chrisman did well, as usual, only giving up a goal of her own. So, I mean, this is a Bobcat team who um, came out firing. ULM was a team that um, the Bobcats had to control with a really good record to begin the year. And Texas State went in with their head um, heads down, focused, and got the victory on Sunday. I want to go back to Maddie Goss. She was named Sunbelt Player, or Offensive Player of the Week. This is the second straight week a Bobcat player has been named. Last week it was Caitlin Christman for de- Defensive Player. It was also Maddie's first career hat trick. She scored the first two goals within the first 18 minutes. She scored Texas State's final goal. And her hat trick was also the first since 2015. And she's the ninth player in program history to score at least three goals in a match. So Maddie Goss had herself a weekend this weekend. And, I mean, she's one of those players on your team that that's what's going to keep you going when you get further into the season along with Caitlin Crimson. You know, you want those girls on your team to go further into season. Yeah, one of my favorite things about this team is just how how well they bounce back. You know, you mentioned the, the 1-1 tie uh, in Statesboro. And what do they do? They come back against ULM and they they perform so well offensively, four goals. And even when they had a big lead at halftime, they just kept their foot on the gas the whole time. There was there was no point where they were going to let up and, you know, allow themselves to, you know, get behind or, you know, allow a tie in this next game. So as long as they continue to to bounce back and in, improve after each and every game, I don't see a team that can compete with the Bobcats. No, I definitely don't either. These Bobcats starting off their season eight, one and two and uh uh, it, interestingly, so I, I hit on this a lot, just the, the ties now that the, the new rule in uh, college soccer at the end of regulation going uh, doesn't matter 
what the score is. Just going to end the game there. So expect to see a lot of ties this year from a lot of teams. But um, either way, only one loss on the season for the uh, for Bobcat soccer. And uh, I'm just excited to see how the rest of the season goes for them. They're going to have a really solid one. And I did see um, a number 10 ranking this uh, this morning was announced in the southeast region uh, of I guess the, the coaches poll in college soccer, a lot more teams, um, in collegiate soccer than there is in collegiate football and and stuff like that. So a lot more, a lot more polls go around kind of like baseball, basketball, stuff like that. But a number 10 ranking in the Southeast and the Southeast, one of the, one of the stronger areas of soccer, you think of North Carolina, Miami, Texas A&M schools like that, that have been around for a long time, very powerful programs in Texas state up there with the likes of those schools but uh no thursday game this week so no game tomorrow for the uh bobcat soccer girls um but they will be traveling to hattiesburg mississippi take on southern miss at noon on saturday and uh southern miss the only um is actually soccer is the only sport this week not playing jmu so thinking about that uh looking forward to the next sport Texas State Volleyball, they will face JMU uh, as well as Texas State Football. But before we talk about some football, we'll hit on some volleyball, who's undefeated Sunbelt Conference play as well. Started off their Sunbelt Conference season, two wins over ULM, 3-0 and 3-1. Wasn't able to get them all in six sets, but uh, seven sets, not too bad there to start off your uh, your conference play and and uh, got a challenge against JMU next uh, on Friday. So looking forward to that um, right here at Strayham Coliseum. Hopefully uh, got one Friday, got one Saturday as well. And uh, the, the the volleyball girls, they're getting things under under wraps. They they've got things under control so far this season. Yeah, when you got players like J.D. Gardner, uh, Maggie Walsh, the freshman, she's looked impressive as well. Janelle Fitzgerald leads the team in kills. This is a Bobcat team who is really starting to put things together offensively. This is a group of girls who's played together for a long period of time. In fact, I believe um, when I was going through the numbers, there were four girls on this Bobcat team who has la- who played against Jamie the last time they met, which was back in 2018. So you look at that, and that's a long time that some of these girls have been on the team. Um, that includes Janelle Fitzgerald. So these girls are well-seasoned together, and we'll see how they can come out against JMU. JMU currently the number one team in the Sunbelt Conference East Division. So it's going to be it's going to be a difficult matchup for the Bobcats. But as long as they can get this offense together, um, as long as the blockers can prevent JMU from getting on the attack, I think this is a Texas State team who puts themselves in a good position coming into Friday and Saturday. Getting a new school in your conference in that first conference play with them is always something to look forward to. So I think this weekend will be it'll be good for the girls. It'll be good to watch and see how we compete with JMU, what next seasons will look like, kind of a look ahead. So just having that new school is kind of exciting. Yeah, you talk about um, the ULM games. The f- first game, um, you talked about Maddie Walsh. She had her first uh, career start and pulled away a 12-kill, 14-dig double-double. So, you know, she is she's doing great things in her first year on this team. And then a story that I, you know, happened this past weekend, and you can also follow into this weekend, um, Emily DeWald had 47 assists during that second game, which allowed her to pass Allison Howard for third on the all-time Sunbelt career assist leaderboard. Um, so she goes into this weekend's matchup against JMU, just 37 assists shy of second place. So I think uh, as long as she keeps performing like she has been, 
and I don't see where she's going to stop. Um, she, she's going to end up at the top of that list by the end of the season. No, I definitely do see Emily DeWalt up there at the top of the list. I mean, she's been putting things on for the Bobcats these past four seasons she's been here. So doing a great job so far this year. Texas State Volleyball, like you said, um, like we said, just absolutely red hot already, just like the soccer team. Uh, James Madison, Texas State, battle of the first place of uh, of each division in the Sunbelt Conference. So, um, I mean, that... The East Division a little more competitive so far this season. I mean, like like I said, it's been it's been a uh, it's only been two games. So the East Division has you know four teams that are two and zero. The Bobcats the only two and zero team in the West Division. Uh, but in all of Sun Belt, it looks like the Bobcats have the best overall record, tied with Georgia Southern and then James Madison up there. Um, actually math is terrible uh, just like it was Friday night uh, but uh, but yeah so James Madison best overall record in Sunbelt Conference Texas State right behind them with 10 and 4 record James Madison 8 and 3 so uh, looking forward to that one this weekend if you are in San Marcos be sure to head on down to Strahan Coliseum or listen to that call if you're not going to be able to hear it Joey I know you'll be on that one uh, Friday night or Saturday night uh, Friday night with Stephanie Soto Friday night with Stephanie so there we go so Texas State volleyball right here in San Marcos if you can make it out be sure to get out there and watch Texas State play James Madison but we're going to go ahead take a quick break but before we get to the other side of that we've got some more to cover so don't go anywhere you're listening to Bobcat Radio right here on KTSW 89.9 and welcome back to this Wednesday's edition of Bobcat Radio in the studio with me I've got my producer Joey Gonzalez co-host Presley Davis and Colton Gibson and this is your host Kyle Owen going to talk about some Texas State football another team playing James Madison this week we already talked about that a little bit uh two of them uh the volleyball team and the football team both facing James Madison James Madison football just looking as good if not better than their volleyball counterparts James Madison football been putting it on got a win against App State this past weekend and uh man they've been they've been looking good especially first year in the in FBS football uh and uh interesting to see um the transition that they've made in in their first season here in the Sunbelt Conference yeah, you mentioned um, JMU. This is their first year in FBS football, and I think they're already making a name for themselves. I think the Sunbelt Conference is making a name for themselves as well. Um, two teams currently still undefeated, and that's one of the last um, few conferences with undefeated teams around the country. But um, it's going to be a difficult matchup for Texas State going into JMU this weekend. I mean, they had the dominant performance over um, Houston Christian this last weekend. But uh, Texas State, the next two weeks are not going to be easy. They um, go to JMU, and then they come back and host against App State. So, I mean, two difficult teams. App State beat A&M just a couple weeks ago. So um, Texas State definitely going to have to play on their A game. Uh, Lane Hatcher is going to have to continue um, throwing that football, and then Ashton Hawkins is going to just have to keep hauling in those receptions. Just want to throw in a little note. Middle Tennessee, uh, who who was the first game that JMU played. Uh, I mean, JMU beat him pretty handily 44 to seven. And then uh, middle to see, I mean, they beat Miami. So, I mean, looking at that, JMU obviously has something going on um, and down there in Virginia, but, uh, or I guess up there in Virginia, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, they're figuring something out over there, but I just, yeah, I wanted to put that little tidbit in there. Middle Tennessee app state, some pretty big wins already this season for uh, James Madison. I think going into the next two weeks for Texas State football, 
that win over HCU is going to do like numbers because you there's this new team in your conference you don't really know you've looked at their tapes and everything as long as that defense does exactly what they did this past weekend and they do that when App State comes here I think that we'll have a really we might see a bowl game soon <laughs> you know it's two games you know we might see that bowl game here in a little while but that win over HCU I think is really what's going to light a fire under them going into the next two weeks. Uh, yeah, I really hope that um, that happens. But I really hope that that happens. Yeah, but <laughs> one thing that um, that is is kind of, I'm, I'm struggling to, to really wrap my head around what's going to happen is I know JMU has a, a great dual threat quarterback that runs the ball a lot. He's their leading, their rusher, as well as the leading passer. And I look back to that Baylor game, and I know it's Baylor, but one of the many struggles in that game was they could not stop an option to save their lives. You know, Blake Shapin ran all over that team when he had the opportunity, and the Bobcats are really going to have to learn how to not bite as hard on the options. And I'm sure JMU runs a lot of options instead of just quarterback design runs all the time. So the Bobcats are really going to have to to learn, and I'm sure they're working on it right now, but they're going to have to show major improvement in stopping the quarterback run to um, even keep it close, I think. Yeah, when I was watching the Baylor game, I was sitting in the end zone, their, their berm area, and you see it in the backfield, and it looked like every single play, it was a quarterback option, like run slash pass type, type situation, and uh, every single time the quarterback had an open run if he wanted to take it, like literally every single play, and then finally there at the end of the second quarter, what did you see? Literally, fake handoff, quarterback took it, ran about 30 yards down the field, literally just waiting for the perfect moment for the Bobcats to just go all in on something else and then just bust it out. So, uh, like you said, Bobcat defense really got us cracked down on the quarterback run, quarterback option, things like that. Um, I mean, that's that's one 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 key to, to getting out of James Madison with a win. It's a hostile crowd over there, that James Madison faithful, very, very proud of their school and their team. It's going to be a tough environment to try to get a win in for the Bobcats, but um, heading up to Virginia, almost 1,400 miles, and uh, it's going to be going to be not not an easy trip. So that's for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully getting up there, um, figure something out to try to get a win. Well, I just think that um, the two games or two games that Texas State has lost this year, we're talking about the Baylor game where the defense really struggled. And then you look at the Nevada game, I guess you could say the defense played a little better, still gave over um, 30 points up. The offense has to has to capitalize in these games. You look at the game against Nevada, um, over three turnovers, the game against Baylor, only um, one touchdown. So this is a Texas State team who's got to step up. I think you got to get Marcel Barbie more involved. Um, he did have a couple of receptions in the game. Last week, so it was good to see him get involved. Um, Calvin Hill, you got to um, keep giving him the football. And then I mentioned earlier Ashton Hawkins last week. Uh, Kyle, me and you talked about it. Um, he was number three in the nation with most receptions. So still uh, up there. Yeah, teams are going to pick up on Ashton Hawkins. So I think it's now time to um, to bring out more receivers. I mean, Marcel Barbie's been a player that Texas Day has called on for, for a couple of years now. So get him more involved. And I think if this offense can spread out more, I think this can be a team that is dangerous on offense. Talking about Marcel Barbie, he's had a rib injury starting the season. He uh, cracked his rib, broke his rib, not sure. Rib 
injury is what coach described it as. Um, those are never easy. Makes mm-hmm. it hard to breathe. I don't know if y'all ever had a rib injury, but like your rib expand, expand when you breathe in and out stuff hurts, stuff hurts pretty bad. I've had one when I played football, it's not easy to get through, especially when you're wearing shoulder pads, restricting everything, not easy at all. But I mean, first game back coming out and I mean, absolutely dominating yeah. the competition, put up over a hundred yards. And, uh, you know, I just, I hope that, um, now having him back into the mix, this offense gets to open up a little bit, maybe stop throwing behind the line of scrimmage, throw in front of the line of scrimmage. Now we'll see what happens. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, looking forward to, uh, to see how this offense shapes into itself, um, as Sunbelt conference play gets, gets underway for tech state football. Uh, moving on though, uh, San Marcos football, we usually hit on them, but today, uh, there's, there's no game this week. They're on a bye week uh, took a loss last week. Eagle pass talked about it on Monday. We're not going to talk about it again. Uh, we're going to move on. Uh, got district play coming up. They have, they start off their district play at Clemens next Friday. And we'll have that game on here on air KTSW 89.9. And, uh, but, but yeah, give a, give the, give the Rattlers some love while they're in their bye week. And, uh, Keep on keeping on, Rattlers. I know you got it under control, um, and uh, district plays where it matters. So um, get that under wraps. But uh, looking forward to some professional sports now. Uh, moving on to some Thursday night football. Uh, we watched Monday night football two nights ago, Cowboys and the Giants. And then tomorrow night, we've got some more football and the Dalton's, Dolphins and the Bengals. Before we hit on the Dolphins and Bengals, uh, Cowboys and Giants. What did y'all see from that game? Okay, I guess Joey's looking at me. So, Parsons was apparently sick. Did not show it. One second on that field. Diggs got his interception. There was a point, I want to say it was the first half, CD just basic routine dropped, drops it. But then the second half, you know, you like one hand catches touchdown. It's like, okay, well, what about our basics? You know, like you can do all these cool things, but... CD's just got to work on those basics. You know, that was Des Bryant, same way. Just part of being a Cowboy, I guess. But that Cowboys game, for a little bit, it was a nail-biter. I was kind of like, yeah, this is the Cowboys team, you know. But Cooper Rush has 3-0 record now starting. This man, (laughs) I mean, he's everything you want in a backup quarterback, especially when you're franchise quarterbacks not really giving you franchise quarterback worthy playing time Cooper Rush is a really good backup and I'm happy that he is our backup because I feel like a lot of things if you got to start on your helmet good things don't really come to you yeah with Cooper Rush I mean he, I've seen stuff about Dak possibly being able to return next week but if I'm the Cowboys I'm like do you no. do you want Dak to come back I mean he didn't show up in, the, in that week one game when he did play and Cooper Rush has been nothing but success for the Cowboys so far and if anything, I know Cooper Rush is going to find himself a nice, nice bag of money sitting at the end mm-hmm. of the season to a, a team that needs him. But then looking at, at the Giants side, they're going to continue to struggle now. I think, you know, they lost Sterling Shepard to an ACL injury. Yeah. Uh, he's out for this season. He was their top receiver. You know, he missed a, a good chunk of that game and was still the leading receiver for the game for them. So, you know, the Cowboys might have found the new quarterback and the Giants are, you know, they're going to start to drop in that division, I think. So we heard Mike McCarthy say it, uh, that, that Dak Prescott, when he comes back, he's going to be the starter, but you did hear from Jerry Jones that he is very open to a quarterback, uh, quarterback. What is it called? 
competition whenever yeah. Dak comes back. But um, not not quite sure that's going to happen. But if it does happen, is that something uh, you'd be interested in seeing, or is it just completely out of reach? Well, I mean, I don't I don't see why there should be a problem with it. You got an undefeated quarterback at the moment in every game that Cooper Rush has played. I mean. He's looked impressive. Um, last week, whenever I saw him play against the Bengals, I was like, oh, this, this, <laughs> this is not going to go well. Joe Burrow's going to show back up. And what happened? And Cooper Rush got the win. He gets to win this week on Monday Night Football. Uh, I'm all for it. I'm really <laughs> glad you brought this up because the only issue with that is they're paying Dak so much yeah. money, so much money to just sit on the bench. So it's like, is Jerry Jones just saying this just to like, I mean, yes. Give hope, you know? Because, like, Dak and Zeke, I mean, Zeke, he had a better game. He got me 13 points of fantasy. (laughs) That's something. He had a better game, but I feel like almost every other play, I looked up and he, like, got maybe half a yard or a yard. Like, but then they put Tony Pollard in. And Tony Pollard, like, and I get Zeke goes right down the middle, Tony Pollard's an outside. But it's like, can we not try Zeke going on the outside? Just, like. He will fumble the ball. He's not fast enough. For that. Yeah. He, he will fumble the ball. You know? That's that's what's going to happen. He's going to get hit in open field and in the and open I think field. And Pollard. I want to say he's a free agent after this season. Yeah, they're looking for the Cowboys to to spend some money on that. I mean, definitely. I, I know. Uh, I, I I think there's one more year left on Zeke's contract. Um, and uh, he's if he doesn't get things going, he's um, yeah, but may not get that bag. No one's going to want him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's kind of the point. I mean, no once that contract's up, you can just let him go. Might end up like a backup. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Maybe. But uh, anyways, it's Cowboys and Giants on Monday. Cowboys came out with that one. Looking forward to Thursday now. Dolphins and Bengals should be a good game. I know that's a, a pretty solid uniform match, matchup. Colton, you talked about it earlier. Something uh, something you're looking forward to. I know that. I just I saw a picture about of the Bengals uniforms. They're wearing these these cool white tiger uniforms. I just they they uh, one of the first teams to introduce. I know the NFL approved using alternate helmets this year, and that's one of the first ones we're going to see on the field. Uh, but at this in this game, you know I. I am starting to call the Bengals bluff a little bit. I'm not understanding the hype around them that much anymore. They have mega struggled to start this year. Joe Burrow has has not been great. You know, on an offensive line that I thought improved has shown to not improve that much. He's gotten sacked very many times. And they have a a really good team in the Dolphins that they're going to have to face. But, I mean, the Dolphins... Could also be having you know quarterback trouble with some Tua injuries. Yeah, I mean it's interesting to think about. The Bengals were in the Super Bowl last year, and 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 I don't know. It's it's just it's kind of crazy to think that you know just just a team can take us a, a big three sixty like that, even with um, without losing many people as well. I mean I know uh, the team's not exactly the same, but at the same time, I mean it's just it's interesting to see like how much more everybody else has improved than the Bengals. And I, I wonder if it's maybe just complacency in that in that locker room or or what's going on there. Or maybe just Joe brr is not being brr. <laughs> but uh but yeah, man, I, I'm not sure what's going on over there with the Bengals. But uh I like how the Dolphins are playing so far this season. They're competitive, they're finding ways to win. They're undefeated, one of the few teams in uh one of the two teams, yeah, there you go. So uh, to one of the two teams undefeated in NFL so far this season with three games in. I mean, hey, it's not that many, not a lot of time to, to get it done. But hey, they're they're 
two teams that have three wins and uh, the the Dolphins are one of them. I, I definitely see them getting out of this one with a win, even with the the two questions um, that that team, that defense is absolutely absurd. I mean, they're amazing. And then that offense, they have so many weapons that it doesn't matter who you put behind center. Uh, I think they're going to be able to find the find a way to get the ball to their playmakers and just let it happen. So that's just my opinion on that one. I, I I'll say it once and I'll say it again. <laughs> I was never sold on the Bengals Super Bowl run. I mean, you have a lot of powerful teams in the AFC, especially last year, like the Kansas city chiefs, Buffalo bills, T- Tennessee Titans looked good last year. So I'm, I'm not sold on the Bengals, but that's besides the point. Um, the Miami Dolphins, I think they look really good. You got Tyreek Hill at the receiver position. I mean, you could just give Tyreek Hill a five yard slant pass and let him go to town. I mean, Tyreek Hill is so fast that you can, you can let him do whatever. Um, 201, the, the national championship with Alabama and people are always, always hating on Tua, but, um, always, I've always been one to, um, that I've supported him. And I mean, you see former Alabama quarterbacks like Jalen hurts looking really good with the Eagles right now. So, um, I think, I think the dolphins are going to look really good. I mean, their numbers were not better than the bills last week and they still found a way to win. So this is a Miami team that I think, um, should be on everybody's radar right now. I feel like at this point last season, if you would have told me a year ago, the dolphins would be undefeated going into week four. I'd be like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Like seriously? But the Bengals, you know, like y'all are saying, I don't see the hype around them. They're not backing that up, I guess. But, I mean, Joe Burrow knows how to slide now. So we're making improvements. <laughs> like, <we> sure? <laughs> I think so. I mean, that was a big struggle. So, I mean, you're starting off the season a little bit better. So. Well, NFL football, Thursday night. Bengals, Dolphins, looking forward to that one. I know uh, a lot of us have the Dolphins winning that game, but would be uh, would be not surprised to see a competitive game on the field and uh, to see something happen on Thursday night. You never know, especially with Joe Burr behind center. Just anything can happen. Um, but moving on to another professional sport that's it's almost wrapped up regular season-wise. It's got nine, eight, nine games left, depending on the team. MLB. And uh, it's getting competitive. It's getting real competitive for that wild card chase. Some teams uh, don't even, there's, well, I guess one division that doesn't have a winner so far. Um, tied up there, the Mets and the Braves got a same record and also tied for the second best team in their league. So uh, interesting to see that one. One of those teams will get that first wild card spot, that second and third wild card spot. Gonna be gonna be competitive, and uh, I know. Uh, looking forward to that one. The Padres, uh, Joey, your team, yeah. um, d- buying or what is it? Uh, buying for one of those spots. They want that. They want that second spot. They want that third spot. One of the two. I'm sure they would prefer the second one, but but at the end of the day, uh, that spot's up for grabs for them, and uh, got the place right now for it. Yeah, I think the Padres have a good chance. I believe the magic number is four at the moment. They play the Los Angeles Dodgers tonight. They had a walk-off win last night in the bottom of the 10th inning. And then um, there's lots of separation between the New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves at the top. So Padres won't catch up to that. But the interesting final spot in the NL wild card is the Philadelphia Phillies and the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers probably have the easier um, remaining schedule where they play 
um, the Miami Marlins for a four game set this weekend. And then they face off against the Arizona Diamondbacks to end the season. So that's that's the interesting race to be to end the um, to end the season. Yeah, and then the Phillies going to Houston uh, to to try to to try to get their wild card spot. Not going to be an easy one in uh, in Astro Land, as the Astros, one of the better teams, uh, actually have the best record um, in the in their league, in the American League, and uh, second in all of MLB behind the Dodgers. Uh, so, won't be an easy one there for the Phillies to try to come out of that one. Um, but am excited to see how their competitiveness comes back and not allow the Brewers to sneak up from behind and take that third wildcard spot from behind them. But looking over into the American League a little bit, um, the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Mariners have the spots right now. Looks like it may be those three, but the Orioles, the White Sox, the Twins, there's still a possibility for these three teams. Uh, the Twins and the White Sox, a little out of reach. They're going to have to go undefeated. Somebody's going to have to lose out. It's the only way to do it. Um, but uh, the Orioles, only three and a half games behind the Mariners. Um, and the Mariners, they, they get the Rangers this weekend. So uh, they could have they could get that second or first spot. Otherwise, they're only three games behind uh, Toronto right now. Yeah, but only they're three and seven in the last 10 games. So the Mariners, um, they have a chance to get that momentum going back against the Rangers. Uh, they are going to need it if they want that final wild card spot. Uh, they'll probably get the sweep. <laughs> I hate to say it, but they'll probably just sweep the Rangers. Go Stros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so the Astros, we know they're going to, they've won their division and uh, they're going to be getting that first round by one spot in the playoffs for that march for a, another pennant and uh exciting postseason coming up upon us here in mlb land but uh looking forward to you know some some texas state news if, if it is texas state news i'd, I'd say it's texas state news i got a almost an mlb or an mvp winner uh coming out of the cardinals um paul goldschmidt one of those guys that uh just kind of these past what he's been in the league for 10, 15 years now, and uh, looking for his first uh, ML or MVP race, and with the likes of of Nolan Arenado or Arenado and uh, Albert Pujols on his team, Cardinals um, Cardinals looking good, and uh, Paul Goldschmidt front end of that one. Yeah, I mean, looking really good. It's going to be an interesting race to the end of the season there with Nolan Arenado catching up, but um, Paul Goldschmidt putting up MVP like numbers so. Um, as, a, as a Texas State baseball fan, hope that uh, he could take that MVP spot. Yeah, I think it's something really exciting to follow. Not not often do you see, you know, somebody come out of Texas State and uh, and perform this well in a, in a major league at a major league level. So it's it's really exciting to see you know someone from around here you know succeeding like that. Yeah, and I remember this summer I would get Twitter notifications. Goldie gets another home run. Goldie did this. Goldie did that. So it's going to be nice to see that it's all paying off and. Hopefully he gets that MVP. All righty. Well, I didn't look at the clock. We're a little over time. <laughs> um, but before we get going, I'm going to go to Joey for some weather updates. Yeah, the fall is finally arriving. It is 80 degrees right now. The real feel of 88. And today the high will be 90 with a low being 57 tonight. So um, those fans of the cold, it's finally arriving. Alrighty. Well, like I said, that is our time for today. But... 
before we go, I want to let y'all know, be sure to keep up with everything Texas State and San Marcos related by following us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube with the handle at KTSW Sports on all the socials. And for Presley Davis, Joey Gonzalez, and Colton Gibson, I'm Kyle Owen, and thank you for listening to this Wednesday's edition of Bobcat Radio. Now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.